Welcome to the 2Fs Podcast with Gage and Mike. This is Gage, the philosopher. And this is Mike, the farmer. Welcome back to the 2Fs Podcast. Uh, Thanks for tuning in each week. We're getting more and more listeners. We really appreciate it. It's awesome. So we'll go ahead and kick us off. We're going to start with our current events and then our quotes. So... Do you want? I'll I'll just read our the current event real quick. A woke here. So here's the title of it: A woke college puts professor on leave for handing out Jeremy's chocolate. Now Jer Jeremy's chocolate is part of the Daily Wire, and he's the one that put out the razor and all these other things. So he created a chocolate bar called He Him and She Her. And this professor, who's actually is gay, the professor is gay, but he's a conservative, was had a bowl of them, and he was letting his students take them. Well, the um, college said that that created a hostile work environment and put them on put them on leave. Said it was constituted as harassment and discrimination. That makes no sense to me at all because in that like it was Madura community college. Well, I, I guess my in. thing is like, and that what they want is the, the pronouns, you know what I mean? Like, I guess you could look at them as being inclusive. Yeah. But then you're leaving a lot out like they, them, it, whatever the rest well, I, are. I, I think it's just they, them is the other one that encompasses it. Yeah. No, I can't keep up, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's, I mean... But, but all... I, this actually, now that I'm thinking about it, this actually will tie into my quote. Just about, is it not your right to speak freely and to express your opinions, even if people hate them? You know, if the kids did not like that, they truly didn't like it, then don't take the candy bars. Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> that's the way I would look at it. Like, if, if you're not a big fan of it, don't take the candy. No, like, I don't see what, I don't know. for me, I don't, I don't see why if somebody thinks different than you, they got to be canceled or they got to be this or they got to be that. It's like, can't you just like agree to disagree and move on? Yeah. Cause even if you truly think you're right, which there are things that I truly think I'm right, but you're always wrong. No, I'm most of the time, but even with things that I think I'm honestly, truly right about, I allow others to think the complete opposite and you have discourse and like, isn't that the point is to just express yourself, be who you want to be and let others do the same and whatever until it starts affecting you or your life in some way, then you talk about, figure this out. And you know, that's when you need to use logic and rationality and what yeah, logic's dangerous nowadays. Well, why would you ever use logic? What is logic? Where does it stem from that we I think, think I think, I think it's a sense? singer. Logic is oh, a vocalist? I guess. I don't know. 
I'm just being a smartass. Oh, I thought you were being for real. I think there's, there's so many like rappers and I pop think, stars that have the weirdest I, names. I think, I I think there is. I think there is one named Logic. I think I've seen that somewhere. Hmm. Well, I was just trying to be be funny, and I thought I'd seen it. So I'm like, oh. you failed at being funny. Well, you know what? Fuck you then. If any of you guys thought that was funny, feel free to not tell us it's so been, that I can be right. It's been better than any of Gage's jokes so far. That I will give you. <laughs> that I will give you. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, what's your current event? Okay. So, I don't know if you know this or not, but Donald Trump's been on trial up there in uh, New York for an alleged uh, rape. And he supposedly raped uh, E. E. Jean Carroll. I guess she's some writer. Can I ask when they're saying this happened? The mid nineties. The mid nineteen nineties, yeah. Okay. So I guess she she came forward about it and said that he advanced on her in a dressing room. It didn't say which store or nothing. But I guess he, he tried supposedly tried to do it in a dressing room. Well, I guess when the jury uh, deliberated on it, they deliberated for less than three hours and found him not guilty of the rape allegation, but found him guilty of battery and defamation, which defamation is like spreading like misinformation or running somebody's name through the mud. Right. Well, they're... uh, Slander. Yeah, slander. I guess they're... uh, after it's all said and done, he's got to pay her $5 million for damages. What were the damages? It just, the, the battery. Specifically. And, the battery and the, the defamation. But what was the defamation damages like, to her? Like him saying, oh, she, she's lying, she's this, she's that. But how did that affect her? I don't, it didn't say. It was just, that's what I would want to know. Well, like, did you start losing jobs? You know, like it, what it's, happened? It's from CBS News. It never, from what I read, it didn't say anything about. And normally, it never. Everything I've ever seen about the, when it comes to defamation, it never really does. Like it was like when that Kyle Rittenhouse, <clears throat> he's got defamation suits out against like uh, Whoopi Goldberg and mm-hmm. people like that. The View. The View. Which is all that that's about is they, they ran his name through the mud. Yeah. It don't necessarily have to be something specific, like I was losing it, jobs. Yeah, it's just, so it, just it's gotta be from what way slander. I, from the way I understand it, yeah, it's just gotta be it's got but it's gotta be like out in public, like millions of people see it right. kind of deal. I don't think okay. it can happen like if I go into a small community of yeah. like Two thousand people and be like, you know, Gage is just a real piece of work. Like, <laughs> you couldn't sue. I don't think you could sue well, me for. Defamation. I was thinking about it because the Johnny Depp case, you know, that was defamation, but he was actually losing, um, like fans, money, movie. He roles. wasn't losing like fans. It was actually, he, was, he was losing movie roles. Yeah, so like it was actually affecting him. So it wasn't just oh, you're bad mouthing me and I feel bad. It was you're actually affecting my life. So I guess that's what I was asking was how was that affecting her life, and why is she just now coming forward? And I guess you could say now she has the courage because she feels comfortable. Yeah, I mean, too. I mean yeah, yeah. So I, I could see both sides of that. Oh. I, I, I just thought it was interesting because I, you know, I didn't really see a whole lot about it until 
the other day, or, well, yesterday, I think I heard about it, and I'm like, I'll look into that. Yeah, I didn't even know that was happening till just now. Yeah, I'll say I... Hmm. But I do know he fucked, he, uh, he had a town hall with CNN today, or last night, after all that. And it went, I guess, very against CNN. CNN came out looking like a... I saw a meme of that, and I had no idea what it was referencing to. Yeah, now well, I know. well, I've seen it on uh, Twitter. Reliable news source. I'm just joking. <laughs> well, well, you, you, you really do see events and stuff on social media. Yeah. You just can't well, say. I, I was cruising through it. the 2Fs podcast Twitter, trying to get her name out there. Everybody. And it just popped up on there. Everybody, a lot of people on there were talking about it. Technology's weird. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's dig into our quotes. And after our quotes, we'll, we'll hit up our main topic, which is going to be um, history and the and importance important. of history. Why does it matter to know? So my quote is by Voltaire, a um, philosopher. Western philosopher. Yes. It says... It is noble to write as we think. It is the privilege of humanity. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> that goes along the lines of speak what, what you're thinking. You know, it's don't, like, it's don't like hold back. Freedom of speech. Yeah. As a right. But that didn't say a right, I just noticed. It says that's the privilege of humanity. So I guess this could go back to like defamation case. Like it's your, it's not necessarily a right to be able to say anything you want. Cause at some point, well, some like you need to be shut up. Cause all you're doing is causing trouble. Well, well the thing, my <laughs> opinion is, I mean, no, I'm not trying to get real political on it, but I, I believe that everything should just follow the constitution. You know, everything else should be up to the state. Yeah. So the the federal government should just really follow the laws of the Constitution. It's like when it comes to freedom of speech. Short of threats. Like, I'm not a big thing. Like, if you're sitting there threatening somebody's life, like, that's a little more serious. You've kind of passed that threshold, you know what I mean? Right. And I guess that's where a lot of things fall into a gray area where it's... But what are you going to really allow people to do? But or say? now, at the end of the day, though, if you want to go rely back, like I may not agree with it, but in the end of the day, if you fall back on the Constitution, they're perfectly able to say that. Yeah. Which I'm, you know, I'm not okay with them saying it, but if that's the law of the country, you know, whatever. And I, I could see it, and we won't go too deep into this because. That'd be a whole episode, honestly. We'll have to save this sometime. Um, if you're a public figure... No, not not even a public figure. We'll go a little higher. If you are a person of some type of authority, say a doctor, and you're just making stuff up, well, is it not your right to just say whatever you want? I guess that's why we have laws in the medical industry of, you know, 
I guess just that. Yeah, med- med- medical malpractice, mal- mal- falsifying records, Ill- and- malpractice, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of little things that go into that that do safeguard that kind of language and talk and goals. Yeah. All right. Well, what's yours? So my quote is by Napoleon Bonaparte, and it's uh, "History is a set of lies agreed upon." Now it's kind of a, a weird way to look at it. I know because like you think about going how far back and, and I don't think when he made the quote, he didn't necessarily meant all of history as a lie. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious what the context of that was. Yeah. But, but you got to think like what Winston Churchill said after world war two, mm-hmm. he said, history is written by the victor. Mm-hmm. So that, and in that way, I think that is a better version of that quote because you're, it's not that you're really getting lied to. You're just not getting the full story. Right. If you went, to the other side, they're still telling their version of the story. Yeah. Which, this leads into our topic, and that's, you know, kind of why I was bringing it up, because you go into all that, and it's... Like, look at it this way. The United States committed war crimes during World War II. Canada, actually, during World War One and World War Two, committed quite a few war crimes. And it's just... You know, you never hear about it because of, you know, history being written by the victor. Or or you look at it as history being a set of lies agreed upon. However and, you want to look at it. Yeah, and speaking of that, a good book of, you know, like, oh, America did war crimes. Um, an interesting book is that there's actually a lot of uh, declassified documents that anybody can read. And you'd be shocked to read them. Like, why haven't I heard of this? But uh, Jesse Ventura, he was a uh, he's a former Navy SEAL. He was a mayor, a governor, and um, he wrote a book called "63 Documents the Government Doesn't Want You to Read." And the way the book's set up is it's photocopies of the actual documents, and then he has a couple pages where he talks and explains it and whatnot. But yeah, it's um, wild. What the Amer- and it World War Two's and their things we've done oh, yeah. and it's it's wild you know we're not an innocent country by any means no and and, and this is why I think history is going flowing into our topic here history is important it really is because like the old adage goes if you don't learn from history you're doomed to repeat it and and that's the God's honest truth. Yeah, I mean, you can take that in your own personal life, that you keep making mistakes and doing things wrong, and it's happening over and over, and you don't give it a second thought of to what you're doing or what's happening. You're just going to keep doing it. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's kind of the microcosm version, but there's also the macrocosm, which is a society. Well, the the thing is, like, you got to look at, like, if you go all the way back to... I don't know. Let's go back to Rome, okay? So you got corruption in Rome. Rome was the greatest empire at the time. I mean, they were, they ruled most of the known world. Well, but you know what I mean. They owned most of the area around them. And if they wanted to own something else, people were scared they would. (laughs) Yeah, so they, 
that whole empire fell for to corruption was the main thing. You had corrupt emperor after corrupt emperor that brought the empire to his knees and which made it weak and able for the, it to basically collapse. At least the western part. The, the eastern part made it to the 1400s. But mm-hmm. it, it it's just... But you see shit like the same way happening today, I guess. It, it's I guess it's part of pattern recognition. So, like, when you know it, you can look for them things. Yeah, you start to see similar... Like, we're really... Like, a human being today isn't really any different than a human being 2,000 years ago. There's different cultures, customs, and thoughts and stuff, but in general, we're the same, and patterns are the same. Like, just think of it like like you in a relationship. There's patterns to someone that's abusive or patterns to someone that's a narcissist, and that's no different today than it was 2,000 years ago, and that's the same thing with a society and a culture and a government. Well, that and, and humans are creatures of habit. You know, and then and that is a big thing. Like, you, you go to work, you stop at the same gas station every morning. You do the same thing every day when you get up out of bed. Mm-hmm. Like, you, I mean, you take the same route to work nine times out of ten. Like, you might change up every once in a while, but for the most part, humans and are... And it feels weird when you do. <laughs> humans are just a creature of habit. So, they, they will take and go and do the same things over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And they've always been that way. I mean, as you, you know, you go back to the hunter-gatherer days... If you know this area was good for berries, you'd always go back there when it was time for berries. Mm-hmm. If you knew this area was good for buffalo or whatever, you'd always go back there to hunt buffalo. Yeah. And like being a creature of habit isn't a bad thing. No. As long as the habits are good. Yeah. <laughs> like like it's, it's there to make life easier. Like we don't have to think about breathing. We don't have to think about beating our heart thank god because yeah. that gives us plenty of time to think about and do other things and that's kind well, of and the same saying, if you take the same route to work you don't you don't have to think as much when you're driving that route to work you're like okay it's the same route i take every day yeah, you don't gotta pull up google maps <laughs> <laughs> no no don't have to pull up google maps but and then but like going back to history so all these thousands of years people have been <clears throat> writing history so, we should probably go back and explain where the word history comes from. Yeah, why is it his story and not her story? <laughs> well, it's called history, but it comes from the Greek word histor. Histor. Histor, okay. which means learned or wise man. Which. Okay. That's just. He'd be the one that he, he like the like the village elder. Or yeah, village people wise. would sit around and he would tell their story, their yeah. culture, their history. Well, well historia. Yeah. <laughs> and when then it, it, in ancient Greek it switched to historia, which means inquiry, narrative, or account. So basically telling, like inquiring into something, like you've, you've looked into something and wrote it down or a narrative, you know, like, right. a like narrative. the inquire part is you're getting all the facts. Yeah. A narrative is like either tell it as like a story an account is writing down directly what happened. Yeah. So you get all the facts, you turn it into a story because 
well, by back, nature, back then, we are stories. Like we can't view things without a narrative. Well, well or story. back back in the day, that was a big thing about telling telling histories was through stories because it, it appealed more to children. It, it's like having shows on TV nowadays that teach history. It's the same deal. I agree, but, but can I add something to that? It it does blow some things out of proportion. Well, no, I I think it adds more detail in a different way because a lot of the stories then. Like, you hear about myths, right? You got Greek mythology and all these things. It's like, they're not just children's stories made up. Like, they... And it's hard for us modern day to really understand what they're talking about in those stories because they saw and viewed the world in a very symbolic way. So all these little parts of a story, you know, like they say the word mountain. Well, they already have an idea of what this means. Or they say he went... You know, a great, or they they talk about an ocean, a great body of water. That act, the great body of water, had this connotation of these meanings. So in a way, this whole story that was short was mm. full of symbolism that meant something. Well, so it wasn't so much the details that they cared about; mm. it was what are we getting out of this? Yeah, and then like, and then the word went later on. It went into Latin as historia. So it stayed the same in Latin. Well, then, when it went to Old English, which, believe it or not, we didn't. Our English today hasn't been the same since English became a language. Absolutely, because English is a very complex language. It's mixed between was it German, Scandinavian, Saxon, Latin, and Greek. I think, if I remember correctly. Now, don't quote me on it. I I don't have it in front of me, but in Old English. It was historia, no H. Hmm. And then in French, it was his, historé with uh, R-E at the end. Okay. Well, between the two languages, it became history. Hmm. Yeah. So nothing to do with gender? <laughs> no, no. Grand scheme of things, nothing to do with gender. <laughs> But yeah. I mean that—that's really the nitty gritty of it. That's what it, what it breaks down to. So I mean, if, if you go through all that, that means these people have been, you know, most of a lot of pre-writing history was all in told in it was all verbal. So like a lot of the Native American histories, that's why they go out and they go to the reservations and they talk to the natives because their histories passed down by word of mouth from generation yeah, to generation. They are the book. <laughs> yeah, they are the book. They it's not wrote down anywhere. And and that and a lot of it has been lost just because cultures die out, you know, or get or get dissolved in other cultures. I mean, you look at the Aztecs when the Spanish came over, it pretty well dissolved the Aztecs. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> their most of their history got burnt burned in the when they were con- when the Spanish were conquered. rewritten by the victors. <laughs> well, even if they weren't rewritten, you just had whatever few you had left. You had a basic understanding, but then you to understand anything else, you're trying to piece together things, which makes it hard. So if if you're like a real detail inclined person, certain cultures you're not going to get. Like that's why there's so many mysteries in history. Absolutely. So like you don't know exactly how the pyramids were put together. You don't know exactly how the the pyramids in Mesoamerica were put together. <laughs> but Or we do, and they're keeping it a secret. Well, I mean, I guess anything's <laughs> possible. But then, then you go to, like, different 
aspects like Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. His, the main history we have on Julius Caesar is written by himself. Hmm. It was all in his autobiography. He wrote, he was the one that wrote down about all his conquests of Gaul when he went to Britain, when he went to fought the civil war against Pompey and all them. So So, so our biggest history on Julius Caesar is from Caesar himself. So does that make it reliable? I guess for me, it would be more reliable if there's things that were extremely negative about him. Well, (laughs) how honest is he being? Well, you, we have other accounts of Julius Caesar, but the main one is, like I said, is from uh, basically his triumphs and of his victories is from him. So the the main thing historians agree on about it is the numbers are exaggerated. Yeah. Like his the big thing is when he went into Gaul, he said, "I killed a million. We killed a million Gauls and enslaved a million more." Now see. Now that there's there's no there's no proven fact that that is true. But if you look at models about population at the time, it's highly unlikely. Now, see, th- this this takes me to something I wanted to bring up, was how history was understood and communicated back then and how it is today. Because back then, like, you know, you said that was an exaggeration, and that's how we would understand it today. But back then would have just been a way of saying, like, it was a lot. Like, he wasn't lying. It would be like, man, it's raining cats and dogs out there. Yeah. Well, it's not literally. It's our way of, quote-unquote, exaggerating, saying, like, it's really big rain and it's coming down well, hard. <laughs> the, the only thing that's different about some of them is depending on... It, it depends on the population. That's why most of it gets disproven is because... You look at the population of an area today, and you and there's a lot of ways you can track it back, especially in Europe, because they've been around so long and they've been keeping records so much longer than we have. And the Romans in general were very good record keepers, because you had like Josephus and all of them that were mm-hmm. that were writing shit down. Even if, and and that's the other downside too is some of them were writing hundreds of years after the fact, right? And just going through the verbal history. Mm-hmm. Oral tradition. Oral tradition. But going back to the population of the time is where as how they figure out like the numbers were exaggerated. But see, because a- because it well the thing is like for most of history it was taken directly. You know what I mean? Like through through the dark ages and everything, like Right. And I think there was a, a, a shift because like you could say, yeah, they were exaggerated, but he didn't lie. Kind of oh, like yeah. when we say it's raining cats and dogs, like yeah, I get, I get he what you're lying, to. but that's not that wasn't the point of the message. Yeah, like well, the point was we killed a lot of men and we took a lot to slavery. Well, I I guess my way of looking at it would be like this, okay? So you have, you know, they a lot of times they kept records of the people they killed or enslaved because back then it was gloating rights. If you if you enslaved a million Gauls. You know, hey, that's awesome. Like, back then, you were the fucking cat's ass. You were the big dog. Yeah, that was a part of your gospel. And and the thing is, too, is that you got to think, even the Romans, we think, okay, Julius Caesar lived in, you know, say the time was around, I don't know, let's just go 48 AD or BC. And the Romans were highly advanced at this time compared to the rest of the world. 
and they they were building aqueducts. They had running they had running water. They had heated floors. They had all kinds of shit. But and so I guess for me looking at it in that aspect is like, okay, how do you not know how many people, you know, like like because you have a rough you have a rough idea, right. you know what I mean? Like you're these people weren't stupid, and, and that that's where I think they're right. They're, right, that's a big thing. Like people two thousand years ago weren't dumb. No, they weren't. Like we might have more technology and things, but they weren't stupid. If anything, they're smarter than the majority of all. Yeah, of us. and and that's always my biggest thing is like you think, oh, they were living in in huts or whatever. They were stupid. And no, they weren't. They, I mean, at the time, a lot of them were going with the most advanced technology at the time they had available to them. Right. I mean, you know, technology, you improve off of it over and over and over, but that doesn't mean the original guy that had this thought was dumb. He had the thought. He's the one that started Yeah, this. and that's the thing. Like it some, takes time. Somebody started agriculture. Yeah. Somebody seen a, a cow one day. I'm like, I can put that in the fence and domesticate it. Right. You know, somebody seen a chicken shit an egg and be like, I can eat that yeah, and not die from it. Yeah, and then, a, then you had the poor bastards that had to decide on mushrooms. Right. It's a progression. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a progression, but one's not better than the other. They build off of each other. Without yeah. one of them, the whole thing falls apart. But I think, I think there's different ways of communicating history and each way had its own purpose. Yeah. Like there, you like, very much today in the West in our modern times, starting in say like um, really, especially the 19th century, but we became very, I guess you could say, um, scientific isn't the right word, but we wanted facts, straight Nitpicky. facts, details. We don't care about the rest. But for the longest time, that's not what history was for. In a way, I mean, it was. Because, like you said, you had Josephus and these things who they they wrote down the details. Yeah. Like you know, you had to keep records. But there's that other side of history where, like, you had these stories and these myths. But there's all sorts of symbolism and allegories where the yeah. point of the history wasn't the details and the facts. And you know, we want statistics. It was what does this say about us? What does it say about them? And what does it say about the world and our relation to it? That was the point. Yeah. Well, I mean, all, all you gotta do is look at the the three hundred Spartans. Okay. There was more than just three hundred Spartans there. Don't ruin the movie for me. The the movie's not anywhere near historically accurate. So, so. you're gonna ruin the movie for me? No, the movie your movie's gonna be safe. Okay. But because, like I said, the movie's not historically accurate at all. What I'm saying is, so when they went there, it was a big army that went that was there. Okay. Well, then they started getting surrounded because of a traitor that led them down a, a small mountain path that allowed the Persians to get in behind them. Well, they knew they were coming, so most of the army left. Well, it's a it's a, a common misconception that it was just 300 Spartans left to take on the Persian army. Which, another thing about the Persian army, they said it was a million men strong, when it was more accurate be about 100,000. So... That was another, that was another thing, but it was a, it you know because back then they used word like which that's a good one to use for analogies and shit. So the, with the Persian army, they said their arrows would be so many they would block out the sun. Yeah. They also said the Persian army when it was on the march would drink rivers dry. Hmm. So just using it as like this was a big fucking army. You right. Know? That that's the message. The message isn't these literal things. It's 
hey, you guys are screwed. But, <laughs> That's the message. But, like, a common misconception is, like, it, for the most part, like, through Spartan history, it's, like, 300 Spartans were there. But there was also a 1,000 other ones. I can't remember exactly what city-state they were from. But it wasn't three. But either way, mm-hmm. there, was a thou- there was actually 1,300 total that stood up against the Persians. Okay. It wasn't just the 300 Spartans. So your movie's safe. You get to watch. I mean, it's still the but, idea of there's very little. Yeah, there's us there's and a huge yeah, amount. Of I mean, if them. you go with like historical historical numbers, that would be more feasible. You'd be looking at about thirteen hundred Greek hoplites versus roughly a hundred hundred fifty thousand Persians. Right. Which is still like ten to one. Right. So if somebody was you know saying their arrows are going to block out the sun and they drink the rivers dry. Their point is, it's a huge army. Yeah, and and that's that's the kicker to it. I mean, most most histor- historians at the time were like you were saying, sim- symbology, like drinking the rivers dry. Mm-hmm. Every river, you know, like that that you just know. Like even modern day people will know. Like, damn, that was a big army. Right. You know, arrows block out the sun. That's a lot of archers. You know, because you got one little arrow. But there's enough of them that you fight in the sun or yeah. block out the sun. I, I'd like to do a little shout out. Um, Jonathan Page, I think I've seen his last name right. Jonathan Pedro. He has a podcast out. I think it's called The Symbolic World. And he has a handful of different things he focuses on. But one of them is history. I think him and another guy strictly they'll have like an hour two hour long podcast where they talk about history yeah and you know the, they talk about you know like we see it in the western world historical facts what's the stats kind of mm. thing right yeah but then they talk about how did they understand it back then and when you read these you know articles or not articles but um documents you know what you know try they, they really try and help you put your mind and your perception of the world in the mind of these people back there to where it makes more sense. And I mean, honestly, it can, a lot of the times it confuses the hell out of me, but it's fascinating. So yeah, the symbolic world, Jonathan Pedro on YouTube, it'd be an interesting Mm. look up. Well, well, going on with that, you got to think like today, you know, we understand what bacteria is. Mm -hmm. We understand what that works. Back then they had no idea. You know, there was no microscopes back then. You mm-hmm. didn't know. And, but the, the guy who discovered if you if you clean your tools in boiling water, lowers the risk of infection. Back in then was a freaking, you know, was a and genius. That wasn't that long ago. <laughs> no, it was, it was the 1800s. Yeah. But well, I think he found that through chi- uh, childbirthing, right? How many mothers and It was 17 or 1800s. Yeah, it was, a, it was ch- through childbirth. And then you had another... Well, that was washing your hands. Yeah, washing your hands. That's what I was But thinking. then there was yeah, when sorry. you uh, used hot boiling water or whatever to clean your instruments. That was in the 1800s. I think after, right after the Civil War, during the Civil War, however it went. But, I mean, you, you had no understanding of it. So, right. you, so you didn't know what to do about it. Like, during, like, the, the Great Plague, the Bubonic Plague. Mm-hmm. Black, you yeah. But... They had no idea. They didn't know that touching these blisters and boils and then touching somebody else transmitted the disease. They had, and, and they were doing everything at the time they could possibly do to fix it. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, yeah, you think, of like, oh, they were so primitive, but, like, 
they were using their top-notch shit at the time to deal with the problem. Right. They were going through everything they knew. Because, you know, when the microscope was invented, you could see bacteria. And even then you got to interpret it of what, what it's doing and why. and Well, and, and that's how you have, we have bacteria, and then we have viruses, and we have this, and we have that. I mean, you, you just break it down into yeah. more subsections. Now, I will say this. Pretty, I want to. I, I guess I want to say it's controversial, but it kind of is. The Jews back then. So, the he in the Hebrew Bible, which would be the Christian Old Testament, they had a total of six hundred and thirteen laws, which is a lot. But a lot of them were health regard things. So like when you when somebody had leprosy or something and they the guy with leprosy had to yell unclean like you know to warn people hey I have this disease don't come near me like they knew yeah. that and they have rules where if somebody's sick you have to kick them out of camp not because oh well we don't want you around we don't like you it's because hey we know you're not safe and they had these rituals of cleansing and they had the rituals yeah. for even when uh, women were. Um, on their period they had these certain things to stay clean and healthy it's like even then like they they knew like they weren't dumb they knew certain things would hurt them they may not know why like oh it's a virus or bacteria in a way what you call it isn't necessary you just know that when you put your hand in fire it's gonna hurt so don't do it well yeah i mean it's like i'm not saying they were stupid but yeah they're well that's good You're, you're saying the opposite yeah you're saying they weren't dumb. Yeah, they were highly intelligent. And they just did what they could do. I mean, it's like looking at, okay, medieval Europe, okay? So, I don't know, you know, so you go from the fall of the Roman Empire, okay? And then you go into the Dark Ages, all right? Well, when you start coming into the medieval era, where armies are starting to get bigger, and they're starting to, you know, people are starting to, live more in cities and the higher population areas are coming up disease runs rampant so in like i think it was when what the hell? i'm trying to think i can't remember his name but when the english invaded france during the hundred years war before the battle of agincourt there was a, a siege and with all the men closer together disease spreads rampant you know, it was dysentery was the main one. Dysentery could wipe out an army back then. But that's going on with everything. You know, they did what they could do. Now, George Washington did something very... Nowadays, we would be like, oh my gosh, you know. But at Valley Forge, his army was suffering from a plague. I can't remember what... What disease it was that went We through. would look it up, but we put our phones on airplane mode so that we'd get rid of the random crackling. Yeah. <laughs> Picks up all the interference. But he would, he finally decided to do where you would cut open the blister of an infected person and then you would cut, make a cut on the arm of a healthy person and rub the pus in the the healthy person to build up immunity it was like an or- early form of vaccine yeah like herd immunity in a way too yeah it just it got everybody immune to it faster instead of it slowly working its way through the camp it sped up the process 
and they were more apt. I guess in a way you weren't getting it as bad, I would think, in a way. But hmm. at the end of the day, it just sped up the process, got it done and over with. And it sa- actually saved quite a few people's lives from what I remember reading. And that could have been a big step towards our understanding now. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. I mean it, was that possibly like an ingenious thought and idea? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I, like 100% could be. And, and that's why I've always been real stressful about about history. It's like most of these things, your average everyday person don't know because like, and I, I was guilty of it a little bit in high school. Like there's, I've always been a history buff, but there are certain subjects in history that I just couldn't stand. Mm-hmm. But I had to force myself to learn it because you have to learn. You have to learn from it because no, no matter what, no matter how boring you think it is, it's your past. Yeah. It's not just, oh, there are people that's dead and gone. Like, no, it, it's everything that happened to you. Like, my family have an Irish. They came over at some point for some whatever reason. Yeah. Where they came over from the Irish potato famine or they came over before, after, whatever. You know, the side that came from Germany. They came, whenever they came over, what was their reason for coming over? Yeah, and that that kind of ties into um, kind of like how I view history at large. It's like, in a way, history, it's, it's not just, you know, like, like you said, in high school, mainly we learned people places events and the dates what happened and that was it we don't learn and we'll get into this deeper later on but we don't learn so much how did this happen and why what was the mindsets going like how could this even be possible but the way i view history is like it's a big story you know like a children's story or a big novel like almost like a big fiction novel like it's a huge story like if it's a huge movie series and like our, you know, you as an individual, you have your own story. There's always a narrative running through your head and you are the main character in your story Yep. and everybody has that, but you're not separate from the large story. You're like your own character in a book. But if all you knew was everything about this one character in the book, the book would be you, boring. Yeah. You, and you didn't know anything else that was happening in the book in the context. It'd be useless. It'd be pointless. Cause you know, everything on the outside affects that main character. Oh yeah. Well, well, and that's like another thing I'm I'm big on is learning learning your family history, if you can. Like I love learning about that. To me, it's 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 more than just oh my grandparents are telling stories. You know, it's it's part of who you are because again, going back is like I was saying about you know when family members humor but you have these people that you know go around and be like oh well i'm you know polish and russian and you and whatever you know or i'm nigerian and i'm egyptian and i'm this it's like okay that, that's awesome that really is that you know and the deeper you can go in the family history the more you'll know and then the and it, it'll give you more respect for where you come from because sometimes you hear the stories of what your you know ancestors had and it might not be even that long ago mm-hmm. like you might be able to go back just to your great grandparents 
or your great great grandparents and be like, wow. Yeah. They had to pull through some shit, you know. And not not only does that help you better understand you, but also you say your parents and your own upbringing. Because say your great great grandparents were this particular way, they went through this. Yeah. This is how they got this mindset. That's why they taught your um, great grandparents this way. That's why mm-hmm. they were raised that way, and that's why they raised your grandparents and your parents are this way because of something that happened generation and generations ago. And and that's, that's my thing. It's like, you look at it this way. Okay. So between you and your great, great grandparents is, so you have you, your parents, your grandparents, your great, you know, it's five generations there. That's insane. Because a generation's like 30 to 40 years or whatever it is. I can't mm-hmm. remember exact numbers, but it's something like that. So you think about that. You know, even if it's well, 25 years, I guess it would be the generation, but whatever. It's, it's something, it's just crazy to think that there's five generations between you and your great-great-grandparents. So if you look at it that way, your great-great-grandparents were your grandparents' grandparents. Right. So... The way I'm looking at it is like, you learn a lot from your grandma and grandpa. At least I did. Right. I mean, in general, different oh, for everyone, but yeah. Yeah. On both sides, you know. I mean, even if they're not in your life, they affected you because there's a reason. Like, yeah. say your parents, you never met your grandparents because your parents hated them. Okay. Well, that still affects you. <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> but when you look at it that way, you're. The way I've always seen, like, you're in the same shoes that they were in back when they were learning from your great-great-grandparents. In the same shoes as in, like, you're, you're a grand, Yeah, you're, you're a grandchild learning from them. Right. So you're, my, you're not going to get exactly the same thing. You're going to get your grandparents' version of it or your parents' version of it. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think that's a good thing, as, as long as every, it's in a positive light. Well, and that's a, that, that's kind of the thing, and that that kind of leads into going back to history at large. That kind of leads us into to how history is always looked through a particular lens, and I mean, as far as I'm aware, so far it's impossible not to see the world through a lens. You know, you have your own self-image you understand and see the world a certain way and that's always bound to change it's hard to see things for strictly facts so when it comes to history it's viewed through a lens and like you said you got what's coming down from your grandparents you know that's one side but it's also viewed through a lens from that side like oh these people were terrible they're terrible to us yeah and that's a lens but it's like well Maybe they were terrible to you for a reason. Or maybe it was just that group, that small little group that was bad, but not the whole of them. So there's always a lens through which we're trying to see and perceive. And we don't got to go into this, but, you know, the question I would ask myself is, is there a correct lens? And I'm not so sure there is. I don't. I mean, maybe there's a better one over another. I maybe, I don't know if there's a correct lens. Well, it's funny you bring up something about a lens. Okay, so Napoleon Bonaparte, the guy who my quote was by this week, 
at during the from propaganda standpoint, they were calling him the Antichrist back then. It was like the eighteen what the hell would it be like eighteen ten or something like that. When all that went down, it was just somewhere, give or take a few years. I, like I said, I don't have exact dates in front of me. It, it was the early, very early 1800s. And all he was doing was doing what they wanted to do, but he was succeeding. So they bashed him and had, like, the British were really bad about it. They had a real big smear campaign against Napoleon. And... Defamation. Def- yeah. <laughs> Defamation lawsuit. But they, they were calling him the Antichrist. And that's actually how we got the myth that he that he was short with small hands. Yeah, I remember you telling me that Napoleon one Napoleon was actually, an av- for back then, pretty well an average-sized guy. Yeah, just, you demoralize he, your enemy. Yeah, he might have been like an inch or so shorter than average, but he wasn't like cartoonishly short. He wasn't like... Five one in a group of like a bunch of six foot three guys, like I don't know his exact height, but he he they're was, trying he, to portray portray the enemy as small, weak, yeah. and pathetic. So, so the whole thing about having a Napoleon complex and all that is based off this smear campaign. Yeah. So you you think about it, look at it from that light, because Napoleon was actually a very brilliant general. If you start looking at him when he, when he came out with the Oh, shit. what they call it? I can't remember the, the army groups that they came up with where they were their own little fighting units. When he came with that, that revolutionized warfare at the time. That's why he was able to steamroll because they moved so much faster than the enemy army. They were able to work independent of each other or together. Hmm. I mean, he was a, he was a genius. Like, he was a tactical genius. And, and it wasn't until later on in life, it, at some point, the odds just got too much against him and he ended up getting beat. So then we hear history from right that perspective from that perspective so and and that's just one example of it i mean you have people saying that julius caesar was a tyrant but the only reason that was is because the senate the roman senate which wrote the history at the time Mm -hmm. didn't like julius caesar so that's why julius caesar you hear from them he was a tyrant but actually the people really like caesar yeah i mean it, it all all of it's like that all history is like that i mean and it, you gotta just, think we're making history today and how right? how is it going to be portrayed in even 50 100 years and, and take your own view and your own standpoints and your own perception of what's everything going on there's so much going on in the world today you take your pick yeah but That's how <laughs> yeah it seems, you know, it seems like every fucking few months we're living through a historical event. <laughs> right. There's so much going on, you know, locally, globally, everything. But, you know, take, you know, think about your own, choose a couple of them. Think about your own stance and opinions and how you view it. And realize, okay, that's a particular viewpoint, a particular lens and perception. And, you know, I'm not saying you're right or wrong. But think about why, you know, ask that question. Why do I see it this way? Why do I perceive it this way? Where am I getting my information? And always be open to the possibility of being wrong. Only when you're open to the possibility of being wrong, when your criteria, when your goal 
is just the truth and being doing what's good only then are you more likely to be on the quote-unquote good side because if you're just hardcore this is it period well hopefully you're not wrong because you're going to be one of those that's going to fight it all the way yeah i can't really explain any better than (laughs) than what you just did yeah And, and it's hard because you know each person individually we're all looking through a particular lens and perception mm-hmm. but it, it's hard to get like like looking back it, i don't know if i'd say it, in, in a way it's easier but you know then again where are we getting all of our facts from history right is it from our own government are we taking multiple account or multiple versions into account but you know right now in the present moment when things are happening it's a lot more difficult to get the full story the yeah. full picture like there's propaganda going on right now like crazy politically whether you're left or right doesn't matter there's propaganda going on like crazy it's so hard to get an accurate full picture in order for you to make a stance yeah and with eight with ancient history it's even harder because you have what you can read online, but then you have to figure out which source they used. Because with, with ancient history, there's different sources. Like we talked earlier about some some sources are from the time it happened, and some sources are from 100 or so years after. I always trust Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Wikipedia is good for quick facts that you need, because it, the little quick things are pretty accurate for things that are neutral and don't matter <laughs> yes yes if it's a it's you know like if it's for like an essay or something like something real important find something else like an encyclopedia like britannica or something like go that. to the library yeah go to like which books have a lot of information when it comes to shit like you can go online and research all you want but there's something about reading history from a book that is just i feel is more satisfying or anything. I mean, like I remember in college, like I'd be, they have these little isolated rooms in the library. You can shut and lock the doors and it's just a, it, there's, they're just plain walls, no windows and a huge desk. And I'd have books. Com- and it was all just on one subject, have like 15 books laid out and opened up all about the same subject from different perspectives. Yeah. That's much better than reading some random article online. It's much more in depth. I mean, it's published. It's not just some random person talking. Yeah, and that's the thing with like, like especially from the history aspect, you have the original people that wrote the history, which there can be multiple of them. Then you have the next time people wrote about that history, yep. and you have the time after that people wrote about that history. And time after that, and the number keeps multiplying and multiplying. So, like, you get up to nowadays and just use, like, Alexander the Great or Julius Caesar, for example. How many people write on write books on Julius Caesar or Alexander the Great? It's freaking insane how many books there are out there Yeah, on them, too. It's amazing how many podcasts, how many YouTube videos. I mean, it's just... You type in Alexander the Great on YouTube, and you can scroll for probably days. Yeah. I mean, like I know just a random example agreeing with you. 
you go to say like the ancient Stoics, you want to learn about the Stoic philosophy, you're going to get a handful of different perspectives. You know, you're going to get what I would call new neo Stoicism. You know, they take, they take what I would say the heart of it out and just stick with the rational part of it. But then the rational part doesn't really make sense or it's not even applicable without the part they ripped out. Then you got the ancient part of it where they have a more fuller picture, you know, in the mindset of then. But then you got people that are view it a completely different way. We're like, this is a terrible philosophy. Like, this is just cold hearted. You know, it's like, so yeah, I mean, you can. And ultimately, think for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you, you got to do anything when it comes to history, you got to do your research. You can't trust all, you can't always trust the first source you go to. Now, let, now there are highly credible sources, like if you go, like I said, Britannica, Encyclopedia, or something like that, or anything through like a real high, high end place, you know. They're, Never mind. They're normally fairly accurate because a lot of time, like Oxford University, okay, per se. The or, one in Miami? No. I'm <laughs> just joking. That's a town, and it's Ohio, right? Miami, Ohio. Miami, Miami. As Oxford University, yeah. a small little college. It was a joke. Sorry. But <laughs> over there in Oxford University, they have, I mean, you have top-notch scientists come out of there, top-notch archaeologists, and they, and hist- like I was watching a video the other day, they have historical, like, castle battle historians and shit like they they have very fine minute like that's their specialty that is their specialty like one is like ain't like medieval battle techniques and that is that guy's role because that's what he studies that's what he fucking critiques that's what he looks at mm-hmm. i mean it and and but it, it's also important to keep in mind even they are also looking through a lens who taught them yeah well and that's the thing like yeah they are looking through a lens but at the same time, they have all the access to all these resources right. that we necessarily do not. Exactly. We we get whatever the internet has. They get the original documents. Right. So. And they're interpreting it for us. Yes. And they're which the, is important to keep in mind. Yeah. So, I mean, they, and not saying their interpretation is wrong. No. But Just some, to keep some, in mind. somebody else could come up to it and interpret it in a different way. And it may be entirely different, or it could be just minutely different. Right. And that's, and in a way, that's kind of, I mean, for me, like, you know, um, that's kind of how I view philosophy. Yeah. I used to take it serious. I had an existential crisis for many, 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 many years. But now, I mean, for me, it's just fun. I think it's real fun to dig into it, to debate it, to have all these wild different theories and things that maybe it's true, you know, but it's, it's just, it's fun. And I think those types of things in history, like Mm -hmm. the big things that we will never know for certain, you know, where you'll have two or two say great scholars that have opposing opinions. Neither of them can be proven to be correct or incorrect. Right. But, you know, dig into it, have some fun with it. Like, mm-hmm. what if it was this way? What well, would that mean? What if it was this way? Well, that's, it's, that's just, what, it's fun. That's why I love, like, I'm loving this podcast right now 
because this is my this is my thing. Like I'm such a big history nerd. It ain't very often I get to just sit down and talk history. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> this and, is for you, buddy. <laughs> and and it's just I don't know. It's one of the things I enjoy doing. Like I, I truly enjoy talking about history because even my mom always said back when I was a little shit, she said that you know. Now you're a big ship. And now I'm a big ship. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just a little pecker right now. When I grow up, I want to be a dick. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Surprise, I've never heard that before. Yeah, you should have okay. heard guys at work say it every once in a while. Okay. But she always said that, you know, if whatever I'd wanted to do never worked out, I'd always make a damn good history teacher. Hmm. But I didn't want to go to four-year college. Yeah. But I will. I, I mean, this is off topic. This is me talking personally to you. I I did I did okay in high school. I didn't do freaking great, but I did okay. You know, I was average. It wasn't until I got to college and I figured out what I was really interested in. I became a nerd. Yeah. Like I loved it. I I did not want it to end. Yeah. I <laughs> I like. You know, like, so if you, I mean, hypothetically, you were to go to college and do history, like, I could see you, you're, you're never leaving the library, you're never leaving the dorm room, you're reading and writing papers, because you're like, like, you hate writing papers. I do, I hate writing But papers. if you're writing a paper on a topic of history that you loved, oh, you'd, you'd probably turn into like a writing genius within a month, because you <laughs> would just love it. Yeah. You wanted to state your opinion and get these down, like, you'd, you'd fall in love. Yeah, I mean, because that, that was one of the things I thought when I was, you know, growing up, uh, being a historian or something. But I just, I don't know. I, I guess I like working with my hands, too. It's the sad part. So, like, I like being book smart. But now I could have, now, looking back on it, me being a fucking dumbass, I should have went and went for archaeology. Oh, Yeah. I that's, that's two and one because I watch <laughs> and got all, a second degree in anthropology. <laughs> I watch all these. I, I don't give a fuck about the body side of things. I just know that. Well, anthropology is not the body. That's anatomy. Anthropology is the culture and the context. Well, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Keep going. Sorry. But I watch all these videos of them digging up like the old Roman settlements and the old Viking and the old Celtic and the old this. And oh, you'd have a full-blown orgasm and, if you and, dug and something I, up. And I sit there and I watch these. I'm like, it's like, okay, it's like Jerusalem. I watched a video the other day on the Knights Templar, last night actually, with my dad. And uh, I'm sitting there and I'm watching them go down these caves with all these markings and shit that like most people can't get into. I'm like, I would love to have the credentials to just be able to go and see that. Like that is that is my job is to go and see that and looking back on I was like I should have freaking done that you I could be there right now <laughs> you still can well but, screw it well looking at this I I like where I live you know I don't want to right everything's a sacrifice right you stay yeah. because you like where you live you like the you want to be close to family and all that well but, then you're sacrificing the, the archaeology and all that okay. stuff. You go do the archaeology and all that stuff. You're going to sacrifice the home life yeah. and the family. Other ways of sacrifice. So, but, but that's my thing. That's why I'm such a history nerd. Is because I love the I love the idea and the concept of it. Like I I love truly love the idea of being able to go out there and you literally dig up the past, whether you're digging through books in a library or you're digging through dirt. It's just 
to me, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. The shit you can learn. It, it gives you goosebumps. It does. It gives you goosebumps learning from, like, you can pull up just shards of pottery, and the amount of shit you can learn from that is unreal. Oh, if I, if I was the one that found the Qumran scrolls, the Dead Sea scrolls, and them jars in the cave, <laughs> I can't even express how I'd feel. I, I, I can't even imagine how I would feel if I found those documents. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like you were living in an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, I want that job. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean, though? Yeah. It it's was. like that. That's exactly what. That's the best way I could describe it if I would find something like that. Like, one thing I've always been kind of a big fan of, and it sounds generic, but like the Ark of the Co- Well, okay, I shouldn't say just that, but like the Knights Templar in general. Mm-hmm. Like, if are they still around? Because there's a big thing about them still being around or not. Yeah, yeah, it, it, we we could have an episode on historical conspiracies. Yeah, uh, I think that'd be. A Let's good write one. that down. <laughs> but just the fact that of of being able to find something that nobody else has known about a certain group or a certain item, or finding an item that all you've heard about is stories, like the Holy Grail or the Ark of the Covenant or the Dead Sea Scrolls. Or a missing book from the Bible. Just whatever. Anything. Like, the best way I could think to describe it is like living in an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're just... That sensation, like the look on his face, like, holy crap, you know? Like, that's actually what I'm looking at. Hey, maybe this podcast will go big and somebody will be listening to it that will grant you the opportunity to do such a thing. I'd jump on it. I would make you if you were hesitant, <laughs> but, but going, going, take, taking this back. Yeah. Sorry. I went on kind of a tangent there. Oh, that's what the podcast is for, <laughs> but taking it back to history, you know, bringing up the dead sea scrolls for the longest time. So like a lot of the, I don't know if a lot, but, there was a chunk in the Dead Sea Scrolls that were Gnostic Gospels, this group called the Gnostics. Mm-hmm. And until then, all we had was the opposing views, commentary, and opinion on the Gnostics. We never had anything from their own voice, their own side, until nearly 2,000 years later. Like, that is wild. Yeah. Now you can more greatly put in the context the fuller picture you know it's no longer strictly speculation it's still speculation but not as much now you're starting to get part of the other side and that's i mean that's just for me i mean that's just wild i love that yeah it's it's insane to think of the stuff that that can be found through just going out and looking i mean there, I follow a group on Facebook of these people that go around and they, for Indiana, and they go through and they do archaeology. Well, though they found like mammoth bones and all kinds of stuff sticking out from creek banks. Like you literally just walk down through your creek and find shit. I mean, it, whether it's Native American, if it's an old an animal, if it's a fossil, I mean, whatever. Now, I know this is pretty common, but my brother-in-law two years ago dug up a, um, or was it last year? It was last year, Doug, we were tilling the garden and found a uh, arrowhead. Yeah. 
Yeah, arrowheads. That's part of that's part of human history, right there. Yeah, and it just makes you wonder. You know, you start you start running your imagination. What was happening? Yeah, your imagination here. <laughs> runs wild. It's fun. One and then going on that, like, you ever heard of the uh, Rosetta Stone? Yeah. Okay. Not not the fucking, the language not, teaching. Yeah, thing. not the language yeah. teaching thing. But there is a legitimate stone called the Rosetta Stone. It's in Memphis, Italy, or Memphis, Egypt. And it was basically the way that they were able to, to decipher hieroglyphics. Hmm. Because it was during the Ptolemaic Dynasty, which is when the Greeks... So, okay, backstory here a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's get this. Let me I, want the, I want a fuller picture. Let, let me nerd out here for a second, okay? Alexander the Great... <clears throat> Becomes king of Macedonia. Macedonia takes over all of Greece, except for Sparta. Crosses the Hellespont, which is around modern-day Istanbul. Crosses that little strait of water, enters, enters Asia. Okay. Alexander the Great conquers all of Persia, goes back and reaches India. Crosses the Hedaspus River. And starts invading Italy or India. Well, on the return journey, coming back, because the Indian kingdoms all banded together and fought him. Well, didn't even have to fight him. There were just so many numbers he couldn't fight him. And he was smart enough to realize that. He's like, all right, we'll start heading back to Macedonia. So he starts going back, dies at like 33 years old. Peak, no errors, no Which even back then was pretty young. Yeah. Really young. Yeah, I mean, he was prime of his life. Prime mm. fighting age, prime everything. Dies. No error, no I'm nothing. glad to hear you say that, seeing that I'm about to turn 30. Yeah, you just, you're still old. Anyway. <laughs> you know, so, dies with no error. So what happens? All his generals divide up the kingdom. So you had... Certain ones go to Macedon, Macedonia, you know, and all this, that, and they div- divvied up. Well, Ptolemy was one of the generals, and he got Egypt. So that's where you have T- Ptolemaic Egypt, and it starts with a P. The P is silent. The P is silent, like a pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. But anyway, Cleopatra was the last of the Ptolemaic rulers of Egypt. So just a little hint there, history mm-hmm. there. But anyway, during that, they were majority Greek. but they were Greek because Macedonia is in Greece. So they spoke ancient Greek. Well, that Rosetta Stone has shit in Egyptian and ancient Greek. So they were able to decipher what this said in ancient Greek. Because we knew what ancient Greek translated to English. Right. So that's how they're able, that through that whole process, they were able to figure out. So it was like a deductive process. Yeah, it wasn't like straight up like, yeah, it had English on it. And it said, oh, this says this. Right. Like, it was it was a deductive process, but it, it was into a language where you could understand it. Like when the Bible went from, well, it went from Greek or. Uh, is the keystone. 
Yeah, where it went from Hebrew to ancient Greek to Latin to English. Mm-hmm. It's the same deal. It went from ancient Egyptian to ancient Greek to to Latin. Mate, well, well, no, it went straight to English because they they found English found it. It's actually sitting in the British Natural Mu- National Museum. Hmm. Believe it or not, the museum is known for stealing about everything they got. <laughs> <laughs> Especially from India. Talking about history and whatnot, when, I mean, when, when did India gain its independence? 40, fairly recently. 47, 48. Yeah, like it fairly was, recently. It was right after World War II. It was, it was somewhere between 47 to 49, somewhere in there. I can't remember exactly. And that's pretty recent, you know, in regards to all of history. Because the the British had them and colonized them, and they, like it's a known fact, they took over the education system and changed their history, changed their culture, and degraded them. I mean, that's just a fine example of how victors mm-hmm. change history. Well, you got to think. At one point, the British Empire was the empire where the sun never set. By the time the sun set was over here, it was rising again on the yeah. other side of the world. And the British Empire was that big. A quarter of the world's population has been under British control at one point. Or at the time. Right. Not now, but of course the population is so much bigger. By the time, a quarter of the world's population was under British control. Hmm. Or something like that. It was a quarter. So think of how much control they had over manipulating people's perceptions and views of themselves. The worst part is, you look at it, they're a little fucking island in the middle of the Atlantic. (laughs) And they were, you know, the United States. Well, even think about it with uh, the Soviet Union. Who were they fighting that they were completely embarrassed from losing from? It starts with the sea, Croat. Or, uh, oh, the Chechens. Was it? Is that who I'm thinking of? Yeah, the Chechens. Yeah, maybe. That was like Russian Vietnam. Yeah, but it was. It was. I, I remember listening. They they said whatever country it was like the size of Connecticut. It was like Chechnya. And practically, you know, the Soviet Union was this feared country. Well, it depends on which area you're talking. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know the details. Now there's Finland. It just made me think about it. Finland, during the Winter War of 1939 to like 1941 or 42, that was uh, the Soviets. They never defeated the Finnish, but the Finnish didn't defeat them, if that makes sense. So... During that war, the Finnish lost a little bit of ground, but they were able to keep their independence. And that's where you had the, the deadliest sniper in, in history, Simo Heha. Chechen? Is yeah, that what you what said? Saying, Chechen. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I had to look it up real quick. But, yeah, the Chechens were, I think they're a, a Muslim group down, uh, they're like the borderline. They're on the edge of Ukraine and Russia. They're like in there somewhere. But yeah, it's a little little state. But yeah, they they gave the Russians fits. Yeah. Because they just didn't wouldn't give up. Like you know, it's it's like when the U.S. went to Vietnam, the North Vietnamese just wouldn't give up. No matter how many of them you killed, how many did what, they just kept coming. And eventually, you go like you look at it from a logistical standpoint and a monetary standpoint. Like it's not worth it for this little bit of land. So, uh, and history's been full of situations like that, and it's just, you gotta, in the big picture, it's just, it's weird, 
how shit works. And most people don't understand. I don't fully understand it. I don't understand why, like Vietnam, like I don't fully understand why we were even there. Right. And I'm sure we could get a bunch of books and stuff and start to figure out what was going on with our economy and politics and just everything, you know, what made us want to actually go over there. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just it, probably not what we were told, but, <laughs> but like, I guess the gist I'm trying to get to here yeah. since we've already had, this has been a very long podcast already. Has it? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Well, so learn your history. You don't necessarily have to act upon it, but at least know, because then you, then you can recognize shit. As it's coming at you, and you'd be like, "Okay, this has happened before." That doesn't make it any better, but you at least know like the precedents and what's going to happen and what is likely to happen. You can better choose your place in history. Yeah, choose your place in history, or even just choose what you need to be doing at at said time. Right. You you'll have a like either way it might be a gamble cuz you're always open to being Oh, it's wrong. always it's always a gamble. But at least you'll have a more informed, confident choice of what's going on and why you're taking this particular stance. Absolutely. And uh let me double check here. That uh, let's see. Yeah, there, there's, there's one little thing I was going to mention about history is, you know, like we were just saying, you know, understanding what history is going on today and seeing patterns from the past and being able to take your stance now. You know, an interesting thing to think about is what things are we doing that we haven't even thought of and some things maybe we can that a thousand years from now people are going to look back and be like, I can't believe they were that much of barbarians. They were that immoral, immor- um, immoral. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, like a, a great example, you could talk about slavery. And you know, you put put. We won't go into the history of slavery because it's definitely a much more complex thing. It ain't and straightforward. It's a hot, a hotly, <laughs> hotly debated. Topic. It's a hot. Well, I mean, we can we know the facts. We, we know a great deal of facts, you know. It wasn't just people came over, fought them, kidnapped them, and took slaves. Like, they were waiting on the beaches for us from their own people. Yeah. Other tribes, maybe not their own people, but this, you know. Anyway, so people could look back 200 years and be like, wow, I can't believe they were okay with slavery. And chances are, if you lived back then, you probably would have been too. Maybe not, because not everybody was, but the great majority was. And you look, take that forward to today, you know, what clothes are you wearing? What technology are you using? Even your cell phones, and what shoes are you wearing? And these big corporations and whatnot, like, it's known. We don't like to believe it. We don't like to think about it, but it is pretty much slave labor going on over the world of um people digging up these materials for our technology or sweatshops for our clothes and your big brands of shoes like that kind of slavery is going on right now and we're supporting it by buying this and a lot of people don't know that and so a thousand years from now when 
that becomes common knowledge that you're taught in grade school. Like, wow, I can't believe people would do that. Well, you would beg them people in the future, like, no, put yourself in my position now. Like, what other options did I have? Or I didn't know everybody was doing it. So you got to, you know, think of yourself like that and then give the people in the past the same due credit. Yeah, don't don't be too judgmental because it, it was, and I know this is a very cliche saying, but it was a different time. There was a different understanding of how the world worked. Not everything was the same as it is today. We didn't have, there wasn't access to infinite infinite knowledge. You just, and it's not any defense to any specific group because every culture has done it. Yeah, every culture has exactly. covered something up. Every culture has done something wrong. Yep. But you just got to understand, you got to look at it from a different light, from a different lens. Yep. And just understand that the way they view the world was a lot different than how we do today. Yeah, you can't take yourself in your current context, current culture and upbringing, and just automatically transfer that over to the past. Because if you were actually in the past, you would have had a different context, a different upbringing, Mm. different education. You would have, like if... People like to hypothesize, well, if I was back then, well, if you lived back then, you wouldn't be you right now. You would have, you would have been a different person. Yeah, you might have been, <laughs> you might have been you in, a, in some regard, but... You wouldn't have been you now. But, yeah, <laughs> if, if you're, you live in a, you know, in a big city, and you're used to going to work, and you're used to stopping by Starbucks or wherever, getting your coffee, doing this, uh, whatever... You go back a thousand years, you're looking at like pre-Crusade era. You know, you're looking at the Dark Ages. You had a much different view of the world. Yeah, and if you were over here, you've been looking at the native tribes were running wild, doing their thing, hunting buffalo. They were still like basically hunter-gatherers. Yeah. So you, I mean, it's a completely different lifestyle. Like it wasn't no, you woke up in an air-conditioned house and, or a heated house like the fire was dead you were fucking cold like that's just i mean it was a it was a completely different way of living that we will never fully grasp unless because there's a lot of people that do like go out and try and live like the natives do like now if you go out and do that you have some sort of grasp but not even entirely because you know still what you know today that these other things exist and you can return back to well but that's what i'm saying like you have a sort of grasp right. because like you understand like, man, that would have sucked, but you, you know, you did it for a week or a month. They did it every day for the entirety of their life. And they probably didn't think it sucked. That was just normal. That was yeah, life. To them. That was like, <laughs> you know, if we have, you know, found some new way to insulate and it holds heat better. Like we are the cat's ass. Like we have it. <laughs> fucking figured out like this is the we shit. put mud over our huts <laughs> yeah well just whatever it was i mean yeah anything like you have a thatch roof and you throw you know like you go to like scotland or whatever and you had a thatch roof or and then you put peat on top of it and it just kept air from escaping out the top and your house stayed warmer longer that that was fucking light years ahead and that's just a i mean it's really just, it's it's amazing how you know Little things like that were like, oh, well, duh. You know, if you if you throw denser stuff on to stop air from yeah. going out. It's like back then there was no way to prove it. Besides the fact of you being there and be like, yeah, my house stays warmer. There were, You couldn't be like, 
oh, well, according to, you know, the laws of physics, air ri- hot air rises and cold air goes around. Like, there, there was no way to prove it. You were literally just going on like, yeah, I threw this stuff on my roof. And it and my, and my house stays warm. That's all that matters. And yeah. that, that's kind of the whole thing is you can't take what you know today and your own perceptions today and just overlap them to the past. No. Because those did not exist back then. They had a completely different worldview, philosophy, vision. So you can't take what you have today and just overlap it in the past. Because nope. it, it didn't exist then. So, basically what I'm getting at, do some research, learn your history, especially your family history. That's a big one. And, have fun with it. Yeah, and, and make it fun. Don't make it as like, oh, I gotta do history. Like, no. You, I mean... Look at it from a different way of being like, you know what, I'm learning about my family or about where my families came from. And then that leads you down a whole rabbit hole of, of history that you may have never discovered if you didn't. And and you'll learn something that might surprise you. I mean, you never know. And that, that to me is the fun part of it. Yeah. It's just the random shit you find out about, you know, your cult, culture or whatever. Curiosity is the key. Yeah. And if you don't want to dig into history and you don't want to learn more, that's fine. But just don't pretend you know and understand. Because even people that study history know they don't fully understand. No. So if you're not really digging into it, just don't think you know and that you understand. You know, don't be that arrogant. Yep. Have a little humility. I'm with you. Like I said, that about sums up our episode. Yeah. I'd say so. It's been a good one. Do we want to do a song recommendation? It's up to you. Well, we'll skip the jokes this week. Yeah. Do you have a joke? I have one. We don't have to use. Let's it this do week. it then. I don't have a joke, it's, but it's you a, can it's do your a history theme joke. Yeah, do your joke. Did you hear the one about the Liberty Bell? <laughs> what? Yeah, it cracked me up too. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it cracked. Yeah, you get it. Liberty Bell's cracked. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine is completely irrelevant, but I was listening to it yesterday and today. But it's by what Leonard. Are you talking about a song? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I don't have a joke. Ill prepared. Because <laughs> Gage ain't that funny. I'm not that funny. I'll, I own it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm skipping to the songs. It's uh, Leonard Cohen. I love Leonard Cohen. And I just found out yesterday that he wrote a book. I found it in a yard sale, so I took it. <laughs> well, I got paid 25 cents yet, but yeah. Anyway, Leonard Cohen, the song's called Nevermind. It's just a cool, groovy, kind of deep song, but it's a good song. Yeah, my song recommendation, I'm back on the country kick. I said metal last week, and <laughs> now we're back. We're going to do The American Way by Hank Jr., Hank Williams Jr., that one I showed you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's a good song. It kind of, I mean, it's funny, but it's got, it really describes on how the world is today in a lot of ways. All right. So give us your comments. Hit us a like. Rate our page. Please. It takes. Only a couple seconds to give us five stars. Why and, not? And follow us on Twitter and Facebook. That'd be cool. Because we're trying to get the word out there and tell your friends, family, 
whoever whoever listens to podcasts, even if they don't listen to podcasts, tell us about it. Tell them about us. Be like, hey, these guys ain't like other podcasts that you might have listened to. Yeah, you know, create flyers and spread them all over. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, we're not a scam. We kept getting called a scam a lot on Facebook. I don't even know why or how that works, but like clearly we're not. We're not asking for nothing but spread the word and give us some five stars. Yeah, we're just hardworking guys that want to do a little, a little bit of fun stuff in our free time. That thought this would be a good idea because we like talking about this stuff. So we're like, hell, why not record it? Yeah, we hope you're having fun with it as well. Uh, like you know, we're getting more views every week, so it seems which we like mu- it. which we much appreciate. Heck yeah, and give us, you know, comment on Facebook or on Spotify. (coughs) Give us your own thoughts and feedback, you know, we want it all. And eventually, if we get enough views, me and Gage already started talking about recording these on video. Yeah. Creating a YouTube channel. A whole nother dimension. (laughs) (laughs) So not only will you get to hear what we're saying but you get to see what we look like and you get everything. to see our beautiful lovely faces <laughs> well y'all take care and we'll uh see you on the next one have a good one